Are you looking for the perfect sound effects for your podcast or show? Well, now you are covered. Introducing Haunter Sound Effects Volume 1. Featuring over 550 completely custom scare sounds, effects, and loops designed specifically for the haunted attraction industry. Each download includes extremely high quality wave and compressed MP3 files. Also included are 31 sounds from the upcoming Haunter Sound Effects Volume 2. Just visit www.sagastudios.net slash store to learn more. That's www.sagastudios.net slash store. Enter the code HauntersPodcast13 and that will get you 13% off. Again, that website is www.sagastudios.net slash store and enter the promo code HauntersPodcast13. www.sagastudios.net slash store. Hunters presents Welcome, everybody, to another episode of your favorite podcast. Well, let's say I think I already screwed up the open because this isn't a regular episode of Haunter's Podcast. No, no, no. With me is Zach Hilton, as always. Hi. Hi. Are you ready for this? I'm born ready. All right. Let's do it because this is a special episode. I I got got it. Eh, we were close, so suck it, Rob. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we're not in the same room. We're trying, and you're on no. a little bit of a delay from me, so, hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And I can't hear you when you say it. If both of us talk, I, everything goes out for me. Oh, God. See, I didn't know that, actually. Oh, yeah. Like, if we're talking over each other, you automatically go mute. Ooh. Yeah. Very it's wild. That's that's interesting. Okay. Yeah. I like it. Thank you, Skype. Yeah. All right, Skype. Work on your crap. Not like it's gonna <laughs> matter, possibly, because other things are getting in the way of uh me talking to you <laughs> over Skype that uh, I'm not going into on this show. Because this is Ooh. gonna be Yeah, no, no, no. We're not gonna go into that on this show. We'll save that for a special maybe we'll create something down the road where I'll bet. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> I didn't realize we were going to say it. So yeah, maybe, maybe I, we will yeah. create it. <laughs> yeah. We'll get into that down the line. Yeah. In the next month. Yes. Uh, Cause that's some exciting things that are coming, but uh, all right. I think I've stalled enough. Let's get into this. This is a special episode of iconic. Iconic. That was worse, but it's okay. Of the, uh, I love it. of Halloween Rob Zombie, right? Oh, all right. Halloween 2018. Eh. Halloween 3? Eh. <laughs> there are so many. No, this uh, this yeah. joke backfired on me already. But we are doing an <laughs> iconic, it played better in my head, of the original 1978 Halloween starring Jamie Lee Curtis. Before we get into the movie, it is funny. I had that kind of joke in my head, like I wasn't going to say it on the show. But like earlier today, I was thinking, I was like, I like that Michael Myers has a multiverse of Myers. He does. Like, like if you go through the timelines of all the movies, like at most three of them connect. <laughs> 
Well, so yeah, it's, yeah, because they do that weird thing. That, yeah, it's just funny that there's you know the original two and then two floats it to four, five and six, and then seven and eight are on their own. Then Rob has his one and two. Now we have this new one that floats into the original. Really funny how we have a multiverse of Myers. Hey, I'm okay with this multiverse of Myers. Uh, I think we need to do something though where the multiverse gets opened and somehow all these Myers come together and it eventually leads to a big old Michael Myers Busta Rhymes kung fu battle. Oh, I'm into this. So, like, <laughs> Busta Rhymes is Thanos. And he, then oh my God. 1978 Michael Myers is the Captain America. I am totally okay with this. I like our, <laughs> I, li- I like our pitch. I like our pitch in this in this episode right now. I hope that Danny McBride and company are listening. So when you guys get done with yeah. that trilogy. You could you could pick right up with this, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like this. I like, I like this. this. Idea. I do. I, I I want this movie really badly because Busta should have died. I'm saying it. Yeah, Busta oh, should have yeah. no, died. No, no, no. The Luke. movie would be called Busta Rhymes Endgame. <laughs> oh my god, how many years has it been since that movie? It's been twenty odd years since Busta <laughs> Rhymes Kung Fu'd his way to victory against Michael, but a shift in the universe. Michael Myers is Michael Myers. <laughs> There's no oh words being said, yeah. but the captions come it up. Just... Myers assemble. <sighs> <sighs> just heavy breathing over and over and over for 30 seconds. Yeah, yeah, just going down the line of all the different Michael Myers. <laughs> yeah. I'm okay with this. Oh, my God, there's there's the trailer. The trailer is the mask changing over the course of the years. I'm into it. I'm, I'm into, into it. all of this. All right. We've we've now pitched the future of the Myers-verse, uh, but joking aside now, I'm happy you were able to save my bad joke and turn it into a good conversation, so thank you for that. Uh, but... <laughs> Let's slide this into the actual episode now because we are talking, and by the way, happy Halloween or Halloween Eve, depending on when you are tuning into this. Listening to this. Yeah, yeah. It's going to go up in the afternoon of the 30th. Yeah, so uh, perfect time for us to revisit this film and kind of break off of the Jason Voorhees Friday the 13th stuff and start getting into another uh, horror icon and really the one that, you could say kickstarted at all, but I know there's going to be the arguments of like, well, what about Norman Bates? And then, you know, it, Black Christmas yeah, and it all and goes Texas on and on. Chainsaw Massacre. But I would say that this was really the dawn of it. This was, we were climbing up that hill, getting there, and then we peaked here. And that's not to take anything away from what came after this, because I, you know, you do get the Jason Voorhees after there, or the Pamela's, and the, the Freddy Kruegers and stuff like that. But like, this was this was it this was the peak of the beginning of slasher yeah i i agree i think this movie like paved the way for those films which is a very interesting take because if you look at it there's no blood there's no blood whatsoever in it and it's funny how even in this series like it went from a no blood we're going for the scare the tension and stuff like that and we go all the way into like he's barbecuing a guy on like a power grid or whatever. <laughs> um, but the classic, the 1978 John Carpenter classic, 
I enjoy this movie so much. It's my favorite Halloween movie. It's my favorite uh, slasher movie. It's it's my like top three movies, and it's my first of horror. And I just love the idea of this guy's just going out to, you know, he found his victims, and he's just going to get them. It, it, there's something sick about the whole trick-or-treat kind of feeling and that's what in my opinion comes through in this is that you know he's finding Laurie Strode's friends taking them out one by one and she's finding all the bodies and then it comes to the final battle but I, I know I'm jumping ahead a hell of a lot but like I guess for my question, my first question for you, wonderful. Okay. What, do you remember the first time you saw Halloween? I remember the first scene I ever saw of Halloween. I want to say I was about eight years old and my dad was watching it and I walked into the room and I sat down and he went, you're not going to be able to watch this. And it was the, the boogeyman sequence. Did you kill the boogeyman? You can't kill the boogeyman. So mm-hmm. uh, sitting through the that, very end of the movie, the, towards the end of the movie, he but I, I was young. To send you out. <laughs> oh, 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 okay, I got you. When the kids were saying, the yeah, boogeyman. when the kids were saying the boogeyman stuff towards okay. the end of yeah, the movie. So you were like seven minutes left of the movie. I was, but I had never seen it. I didn't know what was happening, and I just remember that cut to ah the scream and the cut to him. I screamed so loud, my dad turned it off and went, "You got to leave the room." So I actually was not exposed to Halloween. I want to say until it was around, it was a couple years after I finally saw Scream. Cause like, you know, saw Scream, it was featured in Scream. And then it was like, oh, I can, I can go back to this now. I can go, I can watch this. I made it through Scream and then revisited it. So I have a vivid memory of the first time I ever saw Michael within the movie where it scared the living Mm -hmm. crap out of me. Like just terrified me as a kid. And at that point I had already watched Freddy Krueger and was totally cool with Freddy, but there was something about Michael. There was something about that painted William Shatner mask. That was just so freaking terrifying as the music dropped. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's a very haunting film. I remember watching it in seventh grade. I bought the VHS at Blockbuster. That's what my dad did. Um, yeah, so I bought it. And so I'm guessing about 1996. Um, I bought it, and it. What's crazy? That's the first time that I saw that one. My first Halloween I ever saw was The Curse of Michael Myers. Oh, wow. um, yeah, because my friends wanted to go see it in theater. My mom, you know, she she bought the tickets for us to go see it, sat in the back, watched 15 minutes of it, and said, I'm done, and left. <laughs> so then from that time, I was like, oh, I'm very interested in this. Like, I'm a kid back in, so I don't know how movies work. So to, to find out, oh, there's more? Oh, this was a sequel? It was kind of just like my experience with um, the Evil Dead series. Like, I, I saw Army of Darkness before I saw Evil yeah. Dead. Yeah, we, we, um, I think we've talked about that before. We both have yeah. have the same experience with that where it was Army of Darkness, like sci-fi after school where you caught it on TV yep. and it was like, what the hell is this? And then we watched, I know I watched Evil Dead 2 on Turner Classic Movies late at night and then I had to interview 
somebody who was in the musical in Virginia Beach who was playing Ash. So oh, I went yeah. and revisited the first one. So I ended up watching three, two, one, but still oh, loved wow. it. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So my experience with it, I definitely, you know, I was watching it alone and it gave me that creep factor there. There is such a good use of tension in that movie. I think, for people like from today, like if someone was 17, 16 watching it today, I wonder if it drags for them or maybe their first viewing of it, it isn't draggy because you're kind of going along with it. But I could definitely see someone not repeat visiting this movie and just being like, oh, I saw it. I get it. I'll watch other ones. Do you I- feel that way about it? I don't know because last night when I was watching it because I I try to watch them like right before we record these because I have memory loss issues um, due to my Mm. own due to my own life choices. Uh, But (laughs) uh, I was really, really into it. Knowing everything at that point, I was still on the edge of my seat. Like getting into the final battle, I was still very much curled up when Lori, you know, stabs him in the neck and then drops the knife. And I'm like, don't drop the damn knife. Don't drop the damn knife. Get the hell out of there. Get the hell. Like, I found myself still very much getting pulled into the suspense of the movie. So I I, I don't know. I would hope that nobody would feel the first time viewing it or even repeat watching it if they were, you know, they're younger than us. Uh, right. And with what they've seen through the Halloween films, I would hope that it still pulls because it is a quick movie as well. I actually forgot that it is under an hour and 30 minutes, like runtime. Yeah, it, that it, 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 so it moves. Yeah, no, I, and I agree. Like, I'm always able to watch this movie and not be, like, bored or taken out of yeah. it or whatever. Because what I do when I watch it now, and I mean, the good films do this for you you always try to find different things like you always try to look and see oh look at michael there oh look at Lori do this and blah 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 so i do catch myself doing that uh when i watch the movie now which is a really cool thing i try to watch all the documentaries i can especially with you know the new movie connecting as it does it'll always make me go back to try to pick up something that the new movies are going to talk about shamrock mask shamrock mask Exactly. Exactly. Um, But let's um, get into the basic plot of the story. 15 years after murdering his sister on Halloween night in 1963, Michael Myers escaped from a mental institution and returns to his home of Haddonfield to wreak havoc once again. So... Yeah, this movie begins very, like, different. If you knew nothing about Halloween, I feel like this would kind of throw you for a loop. I know with the way things are now, you know, really studying the repeats and stuff like that, this can be a little hindered just because you could tell that the the point of view that we're going through is a little taller than a kid. But I don't necessarily find it too cheating like when you watch Friday the 13th and you look at all the murders happening and it's obviously a dude doing it but at the end we're told it's Betsy Palmer that's a little cheating where I feel like this is the first couple of minutes of the film you can't get adjusted to it and you're following this person the stalker 
killing a woman, this naked woman, woman up in the stairs that I'm sure Wonderful is going to have about three minutes to talk about <laughs> after I'm done. But um, when when he kills this person and runs downstairs and tries to leave, this car pulls up and two people get out and you hear Michael and they pull off the mask and there's a kid. It is a blonde hair, blue eyed kid normal looking as all get out just killed his sister like that opening scene is crazy yeah that's uh yeah that is a great opening sequence i just wish we spent more time on the naked sister you know like uh <laughs> yep, yep, yep here's the three oh minutes. man i got i mean god and we only got it through the perspective of of the mess god like who cares about how cool that shot is like can we talk about how it obstructed the movie uh no um <laughs> <laughs> why wasn't there a chair she could sit in she was sitting in a chair <laughs> no no like a love seat oh that you were hitting okay yeah there we go <laughs> Go back and listen to our commentary on Ghostbusters. Uh, <laughs> but no, no, no. Uh, all kidding aside on that, I love that opening shot because I love, like you said, there's no there's no real dialogue. It's just kind of hearing the hee 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 ha ha ha. But you're seeing right. everything through the perspective of what you assume is an adult. And then I right. do love that shot of putting the mask on and seeing the mask go over the camera and you're getting that view through the mask the whole time until the parents take it off when they say their child's name and just that freeze frame that freeze frame as the camera pans out is just fantastic it really sets that tone of of true horror of the girl's brother younger brother viciously murdered her on halloween night like yeah that's that's all kinds of you know we already have little phobias about halloween being an evil scary night and this and that and there's a joke later in the movie it's halloween everybody deserves at least one good scare uh you know like we have those fears to begin with so to see a child do one of the most brutal things to kick off a film and your first line of dialogue was his name that's that's pretty that that right there sets a very good tone yeah um yeah like i said it's a haunting opening and really well done so we follow there we meet dr loomis um going to the institution that michael is inhabiting because they have to move him to um a prison because that's the law and you know, Loomis doesn't like that because he wants to keep Michael locked away because what I really love, and I'm not one of the ones out there that are hating reboots, remakes and stuff like that, but I would really love somebody maybe to kind of dive deeper into the originals, like conversations that Donald Pleasance had with, or Dr. Loomis had with Michael. I think there is a cool story. I remember I read a unused script uh, back in the day. Yeah. About, about Loomis and his like venture is 10 plus years of dealing with Michael in the institution. It was a cool read. Um, but I, I think there's what this movie does. That's really cool. Is that, I love the kind of you get the backstory. You don't know the entire backstory between Loomis and Michael, but there is enough like 
like he's trying to protect the world from this evil and we never fully understand it. I know the sequels kind of like they always retell like, you know, I met this boy, blah, 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 years ago in every single movie. But I really do wish we could actually get maybe a, a comic book or something to kind of like, you know, finish that story. Tell me everything that happened. But I'm I'm digressing. We 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 see Loomis going to this uh, institution. He's telling the nurse all the bad things about them. And then you see all the inmates out and boy, Oh boy, I don't know about you. Creep me out when I see this. Yeah. It's, it doesn't creep me out the first couple of times. It, it just kind of now more gets me excited. Cause I'm like, Oh my God, this is, this is just like, it's like you say, the more we rewatch it, re- excuse me, rewatch some of these really good films, you yeah. kind of just start paying attention to other things. So for me, that moment got me like the first time I watched it, I was just like, what the, f- what is happening? Like really right. blown away, really terrified. But now that I watch it, I'm kind of more into like, like I, I pay attention to his hand when he smashes the glass. Cause I'm like, look at that little cup on his hand. He's, he's totally protecting right. his hand from this. Like I'm, I'm, I'm watching that whole sequence totally just kind of geeking out a little bit more nowadays where I'm like, Oh, this is just such a cool, like I never would have thought of that. That's such a brilliant thing. And that's one thing that I do want to say, cause you kind of mentioned, you know, Loomis coming in and giving us enough. I really like this one the most. Uh, and, Mm -hmm. and it's like any film though, it's the same with the nightmare films and, and the Friday the 13th ones. I love how little detail they give you. They give you just enough. They never over, they don't need right. to go into a lot of exposition about, you know, what he is, what he's doing, why he's doing it. Loomis gives just enough where you sitting there as the audience member still through however many rewatches now, you're like, yeah, this is pure evil, just black eyes, the darkest human being possible. And I don't need you to tell me that he was a druid or something like that. Or, right. you know, like in Freddie's case that his mother was actually a nun and this and that and yada, yada, yada. Like, you know, and the Jason one, how he was a boy that's now a grown up. Uh, yeah. You know, like I, those kind of always, because at that point it just becomes campy and dumb to me. So I yeah. love how little this film does because it's always, it, it's like they knew, they knew how much to tell us and when to stop and just yeah. let everything else kind of say everything by not saying anything. By just, yeah. you know, like, that's, that's kind of what I was saying. Yeah. Is that like, I love how simple the movie yeah. is where there's so much backstory, but they don't tell you any of it. Like we give you some exhibit uh, exhibition. No, what am I, what's the word um, I'm looking for? Oh God. Um, I wish I didn't do that before we did this. Um, ah, <laughs> yeah. I'm looking for the word. Uh, I hate myself. Exposition. There, there we, go. we go. And I had just said so, it. <laughs> so we get a lot of that explained to us but it's 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 never fully like divulged like you said so this scene he gets into the truck and he drives away and again it goes back to that like it's almost a throwaway scene um i'll have to tell you about the strip that i wrote or not wrote but read um because there's so many things that harps back to this movie but like it's a throwaway line when he's leaving from the hospital being like 
like, oh, he's probably gone back to Haddonfield and no one believes him. And he's like, you're crazy. Why do you think he would go there? That's unbelievable. And he was like, oh, yeah, well, he drove last night. So maybe somebody's teaching him how to drive. Yeah. And then he gets into his car and he leaves. And I love the idea of like, it's a throwaway. It's like, oh, man, you're right. Like, how did a child learn how to drive out of this place? So, again, it 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 doesn't dive deep into it, but it makes you think. Yeah. Um, it, and it also, it, it helps build that lore, like that lore as well, because you're like, oh my God, maybe this is pure evil to the point of like, he didn't even need to know how to. He Like, evil is guiding him home. Like, right. oh my God, you know, Loomis has to save the day. Which, right. I, I have some issues with Loomis in this movie, actually, that I'm sure we'll get into, and uh, you might Yeah, yeah, well, them. we're going to do a good yeah. or bad after we go through the yeah. plot. Um, but really, and actually, funny that we say that, it's really simple from there on out, because yeah. then it just becomes, <laughs> we learn the characters of Lori and her friends, you know, we're learning about how they're all doing things tonight, Lori's going to babysit, and yeah. he's going to babysit, but um, Annie wants to then, also get her a freak on. Oh, yeah. She going to get that freak on. Then um, PJ Souls is like, she's trying to get her freak on. <laughs> um, but, like, from there, Michael's just stalking them the entire movie. Even so much so, he stalks Tommy um, because when Lori has to drop something off at the Myers house. Yeah. Like Michael first sees Lori and Tommy, and it's almost like it's something in his mind's like, okay, these are my victims. What am I going to do? Which is like, you know, he's stalking Lori the entire time. There's a scene where Tommy's trying to get away from some bullies that are saying the boogeyman's going to get you, and they smash his pumpkin. And like, he, uh, one of the kids runs away, and Michael stops them but then starts following Tommy again. Yeah. And it's very creepy. Like, what is he going to do? Yeah, that sequence always, and even last night, really bothers me. Because it is that yeah. thought of like, like, it's weird how our brains work when watching these types of movies. Like, we're totally like, yes, it's creepy and scary when he's stalking, you know, the teenagers right. that are like 17. Because it's, it's the plot. <laughs> yeah, it's really unsettling though when you see a child now possibly becoming the target. And yeah, that whole sequence leading up to it saying the boogeyman's going to get you. And then the boogeyman is literally stalking him and we're watching that. And we don't know, is he going to strike now? Is he plotting for later? Is like what's happening? And then obviously their past will cross yet again. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And you know, Paul Rudd, we get Paul Rudd. Oh, I love Paul and soon to be Anthony Michael Hall. Um, Which I feel bad for the kid that played Tommy in this movie because everybody's coming back for the new Halloween. And then they're like, yeah. no, 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 we're, re- we're recasting Tommy. Uh, <laughs> I mean, have you seen the kids? I have. I have. Because I, 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 yeah. I, did, I did the search afterwards. I looked on that. I was like, what is he doing? Oh, that's why. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay. I find, it, I find it more interesting that literally Paul Rudd would have done it if Ghostbusters production wasn't in the way. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, from what I read, and it could be a rumor, I don't know, but from what I read, Paul Rudd's camp was interested in doing it, but 
Ghostbusters post work is going to interfere with um, them filling, uh, filming Halloween Kills right now. And I think their production began right when Ghostbusters was ending. That sucks. If that if there's any basis to that, oh man, I would have, I would have been all for, about yeah, it. Yeah, I would have been all about it. I know. I don't mind them. I know we're getting sidetracked for a second. I don't mind them switching up the casting away from Paul Rudd because they want to break canon from the other films. Right. And that would accidentally make us all remember number six when they right. don't want us to. Uh, outside <laughs> of like the little Easter egg stuff they throw in there for the true diehards. Uh, yeah. So like I'm kind of happy he isn't, but damn, I would have loved for him to have been a part of that because he's it's not his first acting role anymore. <laughs> I want to no. see him redo it. Like. Yeah, I would have been okay with it. Yeah. And I think that's a very, like, good on him for at least even, like, Wanting giving to. it the notion. Yeah. Right, exactly. He's freaking Ant-Man, um, dude. He didn't need it. <laughs> exactly. Um, but, yeah, so so we're going through all these stalking scenes, and then we get tonight. We get to Halloween night where, you know, Lori's babysitting and Annie's babysitting and Michael's finding his way to each house like he gets there's not a lot of death in this movie. There's five, the five. sister. Yeah. There's oh, the six. Sister. I forgot to count the sister. Yeah, the sister at the beginning, Annie, then it's Linda and her boyfriend and random who, dude. Random dude. That's right. The uh the guy at the beginning uh to get the overalls. Yeah, yeah. So and like, I guess we could count the dog as well dog we will count the dog so I, I it's crazy to me like that's it in this film and in that order like it goes sister random guy the random dude Annie, Annie um, oh dog dog George, dog Annie dog and yeah dog Annie George uh, Linda and then it's down to the final scenes where um, you know Lori's on the run through this movie and at the end and it's just so creepy how she like I love the fact that she goes over to Annie's to check everything out and that's where everything's set up like he set up Annie's body with Judas tombstone on top like what an image like mm -hmm. and this is an HHN uh, show let me tell you when I went through the original Halloween um HHN house yeah. and that scene was in there amazing oh, love God. it like that's great that's the yeah like that's the kind of stuff that I love and that, like let me tell you the house they made was perfect they did it it was I was shocked that that was the first time that I really felt like inside a movie mm. but yeah but so, you know, what do you think of the stalking aspects of the movie more so than the actual killing? Because there is more stalking than killing. I love the stalking of the movie. I love, I love, I love the, he's outside the window, then he's gone. I love, I love like that setup because again, like this is kind of one of those where we hit our peak and like, okay, slasher, like this is slasher film. And to me, that's right. like slasher staple now is like, He's there, but he's not there. He's behind the bushes, but he's not behind the bushes. But he right. is there the whole time watching you. And if you pay attention, you can see him in other places. Like, I love when he's stalking Annie, when she's in the, uh, doing her laundry. The laundry? Oh, my God. That is so intense and scary because that door shuts. He's not there. 
She reopens yeah. it. He's there. She right. She's trying to get out. He's at the back window. She starts going to the back window to climb out of it. You're like, oh my god, she's gonna die. Like the build up, the stalking, yeah. the waiting, the when's it gonna happen, the how's it gonna happen, and then even that build up too to where Annie does die, like through his stalking. Well, like she goes to the car and walks the away. Locked. Comes yep. back. The door's unlocked, but she doesn't realize it. Not at first. And all the, yeah, and there's that all that breathing that's happened. Yep. Like it's pretty. It's pretty wicked how they um, deal with it. Now, what do you think about the kills, the no blood and stuff like that? I I love them because uh, Annie's death is hard to watch in the film because she's just she's struggling the whole time and can't and he's right behind her just one hand like nah you're dead like I got you you ain't going anywhere uh the most the dog one is a little I've said this before on the show uh I think when we talked about depths of fear actually uh that scene really always bothers me always does that's one of the few like animal deaths in movies really do upset me that's one of the ones that really always gets me i don't know why that one and you don't see anything you just see the dog's you know legs and well, he just kind of goes I, limp right yeah no that's what's the disturbing yeah. part to me is watching the body do that and like it's just it's wild how like again it goes back to not being told everything because like you know loomis is in the myers house this entire time waiting for michael to come yeah. home and like they find that animal that he's eaten yep. you know what i mean like yeah. there's just so many things about him that have just evolved into pure evil like we've been talking about and it's just it, it's nasty it's it's gross but we never see it yeah and i think that's why that scene bog- bothers me the most because it's just one of those like uh Huh? Like, what did he do? How did he do it? I don't know. So, yeah. Um, but I like, I like, I like him. I really do. I mean, obviously, the most gruesome one is the the knife, you know, being stuck to the damn wall and all that to the um, pantry. But to, to the boyfriend, right? Yeah, yeah. But uh, I do have to say, I maybe because Scream played it up for me a little bit more. But I remembered the gratuitous boob shot being more gratuitous than it was. Yeah, no, it was it was a very quick shot. Yeah, okay. but that's because I feel like back in the day, especially with what that movie was trying to say, it's like, oh, that's what kids had to look at to see that kind of stuff. Now, you know, that was 1978. And go to any 80s slashers movies, and there's just they're everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that's the thing. Maybe I'm. I, and we I, all I, lump them up. Yeah. Which that's why I think Halloween still stands where it is because no movie, in my opinion, for slasher, holds like the same gravitas that Halloween 1978 is. Yeah. Uh, you know. I I agree with you on that. It's I don't know, man. It's it is definitely a good movie and and I think you're right by lumping them all together because I think part of what I think with that scene is Scream built it up as a big you know oh nudity but right. I also have Rob Zombies in my head and that is gratuitous oh yeah yeah Rob's Rob's is crazy which I'm excited about because we will talk about the the Rob Zombie ones down the line I think we should um, do that as a as a creature feature double feature <laughs> Oh yeah, I'm yeah. completely down with that. Monster completely down. Feature. We'll do his entire world in one. Yeah. But okay. <laughs> so the end of this we'll end this uh plot part where 
Michael is chasing after Lori. He's trying to get her. There's a lot of tense moments between her traveling between houses, trying to get in, battling Michael downstairs, getting away, battling upstairs when they thought they were finished. Mm-hmm. Um, and then him coming back once again to uh, get her. And the mask comes off and his his face is a little disgusting, but I think that really only is because of what she stabbed in his eye earlier. So I'm very interested to like, he was still like angelic. That's what I feel like they were going for with Michael's look. Yeah. He didn't, he he didn't didn't have to wear a mask. Yeah. He didn't need to look like, you know, he was at the bottom of a lake as a boy and aged into a man or was some, the hunchback or anything. He was just, like it played into again back in the beginning just this is just your typical average person that's next door and he snapped he went pure right. evil cuz you know come episode 6 we know he's a druid uh <laughs> <laughs> great that's all we need a druish princess funny she doesn't look druish yeah yeah you just got a Spaceballs oh, quote in a Halloween episode, baby. Happy Halloween. Hey, go see the tweet you sent out on Twitter. Yeah. It's the tweet on at a Haunter's POD. What do you watch on Halloween? Only wrong answers. Right. Spaceballs. Or Wong answers either. Yeah. <laughs> Which, big shout out to Rob for coming in with the BD Wong uh, Jurassic Park. But then funny. he got topped. When I think her name's Ashley Marie was just coming in with all like was like two Wong food. Thanks for everything. Jurassic Park, BD Wong, and then named like four more Wong things. So she wins the day. Oh my goodness. That's yeah, great. So my typo was a hit between people. And uh, I think I'm gonna keep doing it. I think tomorrow I'm gonna be like, what movie do you watch on Halloween? Long answers only. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my um, goodness, that's great! Yeah. Um, so, so Doctor Loomis, yes, he's walking down the street looking because he's found uh, his vehicle that was stolen by Michael. Uh, Tommy is running down the street with his friend, uh, screaming, "Help! Help! Help!" He goes into the house. He finds Michael struggling with Lori. Gives him bullets. Shot him six times. Six times he shot him, even though he's shot him seven. Um, one more time, uh, one more thing about the house that I love, um, uh, the HHN house originally. If you went through the house, randomly they would do it, but uh, when Dr. Loomis shoots Michael uh, at the finale of the house, um, they would shoot him six times, but randomly they would do a seventh shot ah. to mock, to, to do the exactly what the movie did. Nice. Um, so Michael falls off. He falls to the ground outside the house. Um, Dr. Loomis, uh, you know, he in his best way consoles Lori because she's like, was that the boogeyman? And he was like, I do believe believe it was. was. And walks outside and Michael's missing. Then we get the theme hitting one more time. He looks, you know, shocked and awed. And then we get a couple of scenes of where we've been through, like a couple of shots of the house through the night. And you can hear breathing in the background, which is really creepy. And boom, that's the end of the movie. What a way to end it. That's another awesome reason why this movie rock socks is because the before you know freddie could do it jason could do it anybody can do it like 
in a different way because, you know, a lot of the movies end with the killer being defeated, but we get another movie anyways. This movie said, nah, our killer got away. But we, and granted, yes, money talks and created sequels, but could you imagine if this was the only movie? Oh, I, one, there's no way that's possible in our day and age. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. the damn franchise has been rebooted twice already to begin with. Um, right. Uh, but... No, it would be it would be a perfect one off. Like, there's no doubt about it because it is still a perfect one off. I think if you don't yeah. watch Halloween two, uh, three, on. four, five, yeah, and, and keep going, you'll be totally satisfied with the Michael Myers story. If you want to keep going into it, yeah, obviously you do. And then, you know, some of it's good, some of it's bad, some of it's, you know, there. Some of it's kung fu, yeah. uh, you know, and the kid from American Pie is in that, uh, you know, <laughs> but and not the one anybody remembers his name. There, that's uh, the kid from American Pie. Uh, <laughs> oh my God! By the way, our next like drunk commentary has to be Halloween Resurrection. I mean, we've crapped on it enough. I don't want to even say crapped on it, but we've kind of taken some shots at it in this that I think that would be a fun drunk reading. I think so sure. too. Maybe maybe when the Patreons Ooh. come around. I mean, I do remember there was a really cute redhead in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, that's what I remember. Of I remember a cute redhead and uh, her death was kind of weak. She got like pushed into... What the hell was it? Like some spikes or something down in like a sewer uh, under the under the yeah, freaking house or whatever. It was, it was. Yeah, it was some dumb weird thing where they they like set it up where that when it <laughs> happened it was like no don't go that way oh she dead yeah. yeah yeah and Pulp Fiction references <laughs> in the beginning so back the beginning. to oh the my good god Halloween. we are so gonna do that one oh my god yeah. uh but yeah back to the good Halloween uh love this film this is a great film yeah. but uh I I. I mentioned it earlier. I do have, I, I don't even really have yeah. like a lot of bad to say about this film. Cause it is, no. I honestly think that even the writing, because we do see this film a lot through the girl's perspective and Lori's perspective. I think that this is one of the first yeah. films that does a really good job at depicting uh, girls talking. I don't know if that's maybe just me not, you know, being a guy and thinking that, but I don't right. find them to be the typical what guys uh, normally what Hollywood would be like. This is what kids sound like and specifically women. Like it sounds like I know I didn't grow up in the 70s, but it sounds like that's how they would have been talking in the 70s. They sound like people, not this so is what I think people sound like. Totally. Totally. Um, <laughs> yeah, I did that on purpose. I know. Um, but yeah, no, I, I agree. I think the script was pretty right on to how teenagers or, you know, w or even females would talk because they're not all just like just the service men. Yeah. You know, they, they're there for their own needs and such. I um, mean, at one point, there, there's the joke with. Uh, with Annie and her boyfriend where he's like I think you think more like a guy and she just kind of laughs right. and it's like yeah because I, I hate to say this but girls do think like guys that's part of why Quentin yeah. Tarantino writes really good roles for women because they are strong and they think just like yeah. us they don't they're not just blonde and big boobs <laughs> like yeah yeah, yeah 100%. So. <laughs> um, another good uh, before we get into the bad I mean we yeah. have to talk about it yeah, there's the score of the bad. movie the Ooh. score of the movie oh. is ridiculously awesome. The the creepiness of Michael Myers' theme all the way through is stellar. Um, John Carpenter really 
like I don't know how he made some something so simple. So it's classical. It's, it's a classic now. now. Yeah, <laughs> it, it it is iconic. Iconic. Yeah. See that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah. No. It's a, it's wonderful. Love the love the score to this movie. Um, I don't think there was a Halloween movie after. I mean, two was similar, um, but I still think one had the stronger score. But I think it took all the way to him coming back in the new Halloween with his sons working on it with him to make a just as iconic soundtrack. So, um, loved it. Loved yeah. It all. I'll agree with you. He, uh, that's, that's the thing. This is like, we haven't even talked about John Carpenter as well, who by the way, has the balls to go into, especially at the time and be like, no, nah, this is John Carpenter presents, uh, you're you right. know, like what you're like an unknown director with an unknown lead whose mom was in psycho, which again, we could say relates back to the first one of the first argument slasher films. Uh, but you know, like to have the balls to do that as well in the beginning of his career, uh, to then where by the time he does get to remaking Howard Hawks, the thing, which, I don't know. Was that coincidence he did that? Was that just kind of one of those things he threw in there because he liked it and then it fell into his lap down the road? Or was that him I think, Easter egging it? I think I think that's him just being like, I love this movie. I want to put it in there. And, you know, I think an opportunity arose for projects that he can do. And that was one of them by ownership. And he was like, I'm going to tackle this. All right. But yeah, by the time he gets to that, you know, putting John Carpenter in front of your name, totally, you know, we were cool with it then. But, you know, Halloween comes out. I was like, who, who the hell is this guy? Steven Spielberg. Right. Steven Spielberg didn't even have the balls to do that. Like, right. And Spielberg right. like broke into Universal to learn how to be a director. Like, right. <laughs> like, like that dude had some balls. He broke into the movie, like into the actual studio Spielberg and still was like, nah, don't put my name before Jaws. Like, <laughs> but uh, yeah, but I feel like that's what jo John wanted to make sure. And we're so cool. I can just call him. Yeah, John. I know you guys um, are BFFs. I, well, yeah. I mean, we're kind of cool. I either call him John or JC either or, but, um, but <laughs> he only likes me call him JC because it's like, Jesus Christ. Oh my God. I, I knew know. you were going there. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So JC, you know, he loved putting in his name in front of the movies. And I remember when I was younger, I thought it was kind of egotistical because like, oh, yes, he was hired to write this script. Like he didn't come up with the idea. I mean, Deborah Hill has as much, yeah. if not more to do with this movie than, um, JC, but like, I, I, I do commend the man now being like, you know what? I want my name out there. I want people to know who I am. And you, like, it was smart business play for JC to do that. Oh um, yeah. I agree. I agree. And uh, you know, you're going to have to, Next time you guys hang out, uh, get me some tips from, you yeah, know, yeah, absolutely. From, from absolutely. Mr. Carpenter. Um, I'm not cool with, you know, the nickname stuff. So I'm going to just keep calling him Mr. Carpenter. Yeah, as you should. Only I get to call him JC. Um, but what are some, like, do you have any negatives? You were mentioning okay. Loomis earlier. Uh, really? Because it, it's hard for a film like this to have negatives. But, yeah, you know, like, the one thing that in the amount of times I've rewatched it, I feel like Loomis doesn't really do enough to protect the town after he throws such a fit that this is what's going to happen. Because the whole film, he just hangs out at the Myers house. And right. 
sorry, but eventually because he turned around and finally realized the car was there, he finally started doing something. Dude, if you had just turned around and stopped screwing with the kids and watching the house house, like... Hey, uh, <laughs> Lonnie, get your ass out of there. Which, as, as much as I'm like, oh man, I feel like that character kind of was like, oh, that's like the one downside. I love that moment because I love his damn face. I love yeah. that little like how happy he was oh, in, of his achievement. Oh god, yeah. That that and then getting scared immediately after that is just such a a great moment. But I just feel like I'm sorry, it was a little he just didn't do enough. I will I will say that I don't think it's that he didn't do enough. I I will kind of piggyback on the the finding the car so simply that's what my negative is is that wait a second you've been in the street for hours yeah all like, night it's almost like it's almost like you're you're only making this movie a couple of minutes when which it's not it's not just let's say an hour yeah. it's all night um so i will piggyback on that i don't like the way Loomis finds him because he was standing in that street. He yeah. did, to get to that house, you would have had to seen that car. I, I mean, now, to walk out of that house and go behind, but they were in the house to leave the house and go behind right. that tree, that bush. He would have seen it. <laughs> right. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like looking out the window, you would have seen. It. It's just one of those things where that's the production's fault of like we only have a week to shoot with him so we need to just film his scenes in central like singular locations so when we do get like all his scenes it's it, we don't have to jump place to place um but that being said if that's the only negative yeah. i truly have that's not too bad no no um, and, and that's why i agree with you like because for me that's the only thing i could think of that was just a little where I was like, I feel like because he just turned around and found the car that this character didn't do anything when that was all right. he had to do for, you know, if he did that 45 minutes ago and he doesn't die, like, right. That's, and, and I think also part of what makes me kind of hate, get a little bit more on the character in that one is I also mm -hmm. unfairly do know that he becomes a lot more aggressive in say two and four and five and the little bit right. that, he, that he was capable of doing for six as well. So I know the character does do more that I'm like, oh, he was kind of just like, he was just the exposition. <laughs> like, and then, yeah, and then just when he needed to turn around, he turned around. Like, yeah. damn it. Oh, 100%. 100%. <laughs> like, um, do you remember the budget of this movie? Oh, I want to say, what, 78? So it was probably like some like very bare minimums. I'm going to sound really dumb with my... Uh, trying to like figure out numbers back then, like five thousand maybe. Um, way more. Um, for ten or fifteen. Box office Mojo lists it at three hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars. Um, oh yeah, I, I don't know if that's accurate. That's what box office says, but you know how much it made. Oh, uh, adjusted for inflation or not? Uh, just says domestic, so no. No, I would. I feel like it was one of the highest grossing horror films. You know, I know Jaws is of it all was. time, but it was. It, it was for profit. Yeah, margins. It was. Yeah, yeah, profit margin definitely. Uh, let's say six hundred mil. It 
Six hundred mil. What the hell? I'm, I'm just. I adjusted for inflation. Uh, uh, oh no! It made forty-seven million dollars. Okay. Yeah, I yeah, did one of those so, dumb in my head where I was like, uh, today six hundred. Because I was like, no, I know because no. I know Ghostbusters is somewhere around that number. So I was like, it could yeah, be around yeah. There. Yeah, if but, you inflate it, it probably yeah. made over 150 million, 200. Yeah. Um, but that's a lot of coin for that. That is uh, movie. Hey, um, that's that's why you, they got offered up a sequel. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And he had to make him or make Laurie the sister because he just watched Empire Strikes Back. Um, <laughs> and that's a true story. That's, that's... He got drunk wrote the script and it was on the TV and he was like, I'm going to make him his brother. Oh my God. It's, I just learned you something. Love it. I was, you it love was, it. it was on Halloween Eve <laughs> of 2019 where I learned that's how they became brother and sister. George yep. Lucas, once again, finding a way <laughs> to ruin another franchise. Ruining franchises, baby. That's, That's what, he, what does. he does. Pretty soon he's going to go back and redo Halloween 2 and add a bunch of stupid animals. Because yeah, he really wants. Yeah, I mean, you got to add more people. There's got to be more stormtroopers in that scene, right? <laughs> we need more Michaels. Um, he really wanted 10 Michaels, but he could only afford oh, one. Yeah. <laughs> and Michael Myers no longer has a knife. It's a walkie talkie. Oh, God. Um, Steven Spielberg's now producing. Mm, uh, <laughs> yep. Do you know the Rotten Tomato score? Ooh, I would probably say in the 90s. Yes, it is okay. 96. Oh, God. Damn yeah. it, I wanted to but say 96, it, but then I was like, maybe like 91, but... Yeah, I mean, it, it's hard to judge those, especially with a movie that's old and it only has 68 critic ratings. And so a lot I of them know. are, and, and I know a lot of them, it fluctuates year-wise, I think, for those, because a, a lot of those yeah. on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, I know I... What was it? I think I looked back on one of the Friday the 13th with, I think it was Manhattan, and I was like, why did somebody write one in 2018? Like, who, right. why were you watching this in 2018? I shouldn't be watching this now. Like, yeah, you shouldn't be allowed <laughs> to grade it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, do you think this movie still holds up? Oh, God, yes. Absolutely. Okay. What about you? Oh, 100%. It wouldn't be my favorite movie of the okay. horror genre if I didn't. Um, no, I love this movie. <laughs> I think if – hopefully you watched it before listening to this because we spoiled the hell out of it. Yeah. Um, well, actually, honestly, I'm sorry if you didn't – if you haven't seen this, the hell are you waiting for? Like – yeah. This, oh, this yeah. is a classic. This this should have been one of the earlier days. I know I told the story of how I wasn't allowed to – like I freaked out the first time I ever just saw him on the TV – with yeah. no concept of the movie, but I still went back and revisited it. Like, this is a must-see. Must-see! Yeah. Must. You must. Um, yeah, I love it. Um, I'm so glad it still plays in theaters on Halloween. I'm glad younger audiences can get to it. I'm glad that it has an impact of, you know, like we're getting Halloween sequels that just are sequels from the original. So it's making people go back to watch this movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's iconic, baby. It is iconic. And I do want to say really quickly, uh, do you know three years ago where you were on this night? Um, I'm imagining since you're bringing it up, it's you and me and Brooke at the narrow watching Halloween in theater. 
Ding, 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 ding. You are correct, <laughs> sir. We did. We went three years ago uh, on on the day of this recording, that is. Uh, wow. So you guys will be listening to this on the three-year, one-day anniversary of the time that the three of us saw it in theaters together, and I wore my Rob That's Zombie shirt. Wild. Yeah. You wore and your Michael. I remember Michael. how excited I was because that was the first time I got to see it in theater. Yep. Because there's been many of times that it came to theater and I just couldn't see it. it. It was seriously one of those situations where every time I wanted to go see it, something happened. Yeah. Either it be work, a tire blowout, something. I got always put away from not being able to see it, and that night was so special to me because like I I felt very I felt all the emotions the yeah. emotions I felt the first time I saw it because I get to hear it loud in theater in the dark and I will say this this is what I love about that experience I've gone back to the narrow cinema to see movies hell I just saw Hellraiser yeah, in you theater did. And there's been movies that I've gone where the crowd kind of does like this, you know, we're going to Mystery Science 3000 it and kind of talk over it and stuff like that. And Hellraiser only had a little bit at some places, but I completely understand why it happened. But I, if I remember correctly, I do not remember a peep of anybody trying to make fun of that movie when we watched it. No, no. Everybody was really quiet, really into it. Uh, uh, yeah, unlike the one experience that I did have there with one of those films where they actually booted uh, some people from A Nightmare on Elm Street, which really That's made me right. happy. Yeah, I was, because uh, for me, it's, it's for me, Nightmare is mine. The way you love yeah. Halloween it's nightmare is that for me so that night really like it, it irritated it me off. yeah it, it ticked me off because i was really excited i was as excited as i, I was i'm sure you were that night to see halloween and then right. drunk people coming in and then drunk people being loud and then drunk people being told you have to leave and at that point 30 minutes of the movie has passed tina's already dead I, i'm I'm agitated, but no, I remember. I, I'm, I'm yeah. happy that that came up on my Facebook memories before we recorded this today because I do remember that night. Because I also remember, I felt bad because one of the times you were going to go see it in theaters years before we had ever even met and knew we existed, uh, uh, I had gone to one of those Regal showings for one of those mm. special Fathom event nights. So I had the one up on you, and I was like, oh, and he's not even my like my my number one and. That's that's one of Zach's like number ones. Yeah. Oh no, I feel bad. So like I was super stoked for you to see it that night. But yeah. yeah. And I love that the theater was respectful as well that night. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Well, it's crazy because like I've seen Halloween four and five in theater because oh, back no. in the day they did a Fathom event where it was Tuesday they showed four and uh, Thursday they showed five. So I did that. And then from, and then, like I said, I saw Curse of Michael Myers on, I've seen all the Halloweens in theater. So at that point, only Halloween and Halloween two are the only ones I haven't seen in theater. And I still hope one day to see the original Halloween two in theater. And then I will have seen every Halloween in theater. And that is mind blowing. That's pretty crazy. So, but you've also seen Season of the Witch? Yes, I have seen Season of the Witch. I think Cinema Cafe back in the day oh, did it. Son of a gun. I I thought I was trying to catch you in like a you got to count 3, man. 
And you're, oh, and you're literally yeah. like, no, I, I really did go see three. And I'm like, oh, son of a I'll God. be honest. <laughs> I think part three when, um, when Halloween three, because I'm a Mike Myers, my Michael Myers guy, I didn't care about seeing part three. I think the first time I ever saw part three was in that theater. Oh, wow. That's crazy. See, I remember, I remember watching three the first time and being like, where's Michael? Like that, right. that blew my mind and that upset me. But I never oh, don't hated worry. three. He's going to be on a TV screen later on in the movie. Yeah, but you know, <laughs> it, it, that's knowing the story behind that one. Now I actually really like that one, and I know I've I've kind of you and me have had some fun back and forth on that one before. Where I'm a right. I'm a big fan of that one. I'm a supporter of Halloween three. Uh, I want to revisit it. I, I'll I'll say that I I saw it in the theater that one time. I remember not minding it, and then when I got my Blu-ray box set. <laughs> I revisited it, um, and I for some reason I was like, "Oh, I don't like this movie at all." And then I showed it to Brooke when I was catching her up on all the Halloweens before going to HHN that year, and we watched it. And I again, I was like, "Oh, I really don't like this movie now." So I need to revisit it to see if it still hangs in that spot because now that you know I've really caught up with a lot of John Carpenter stuff. Um, I've I've I want to revisit it to see if it's more so I didn't get it. I well, I think maybe that I, I don't know because like I, I really I, I wanna thank AMC and their Fear Fest for the reason for me actually fully revisiting the third one a lot mm-hmm. was mm-hmm. because they love showing the Halloweens, but for whatever reason they kind of show three a good portion. Yeah, they do. Or at least it's the time blocks where I end up watching it. So I would catch a lot of three on AMC. And then eventually I was like, you know what? I want to just, I want to just watch this. I want to, so I rented it online and just watched it without all the cuts. And I was like, I really like this, but I think I like it because again, doing the research and knowing that they were like, well, let's spin this off into an anthology thing every year, you know, where we tell a different story. And then the corporate greed and capitalism and the stuff like that kind of really grabbed well, my eye. But that's that's kind of unfair to say, though, because when you have Halloween and Halloween Two star Michael Myers, yeah, like you've now you've, you've now created made the franchise. Everybody accustomed, yeah. to that guy. I think, and I remember hearing that about Friday the Thirteenth as well, is that it originally wanted to be an anthology, which I completely get. I think if you would have done Halloween one and then done season of the witch, you would have a better reception Absolutely. of the movie because then it does come off like a twilight zone movie ash type thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. But we were talking Halloween 1978. So I guess final grade on this man, absolutely two thumbs way, 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 way up for this uh, Carpenter, Jamie Lee Curtis classic. Yeah, it's two thumbs up, uh, 9.9 uh, on the scale. <laughs> on the Richter me. scale. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm right there with you, man. It's There's, again, just that one little tiny thing, but if a film yeah. literally has one tiny little problem to it, it's uh, pretty much a damn near masterpiece, and that's a great thing to say in the horror genre because we don't we don't get the luxury of many of those. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. no, agreed. It is a masterpiece of a film. It and it is nice that it's a horror movie and it's something you can go back and revisit as much as possible. And I suggest you do it. Yes, and I uh, second that as well. So hopefully, now that you have finished listening to this. You will spend the rest of your uh, Halloween Eve or your Halloween night or, hey, it's still Halloween weekend probably if you're listening to this on Sunday as well. So, uh, ah, and if you're I'm a Jets fan. I'm going to a haunt this Saturday. Oh, see, where are you going? I'm going to Bush Gardens, baby. Oh, one, la- one last hurrah at Hollow Scream. One, I like it. One last ride. One last ride. I was just going to make a joke and say, hey, if it's a Sunday and you're a Jets fan like me, <laughs> why not watch a good movie and not waste your time on watching them probably lose to the Miami Dolphins this weekend? Yeah. <laughs> That's going to happen. I'm calling it now. <laughs> on a not sports uh, podcast, on Hunter's podcast. <laughs> That's right, baby. <laughs> All right. Uh, I forgot how we end this show. I know it's not Stay Scary, my friends, because you yelled at me the last time I did that. Uh, that yeah. I remember. So I guess, Zach, you want to take us out? Yeah, sure. Bye. Oh, that's real original. <laughs> Thank you for listening to another episode of Haunter's Podcast. Don't forget to tell a friend, and you can subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, and other streaming services just by searching Haunters Podcast. You can tweet us at Haunters POD, or you can find us on Facebook by searching Haunters Podcast. Until next time, don't open that door or check under your bed. Make sure your doors are locked and the lights are on. You never know when the next scare will come for you. <laughs>